Welcome to the Nomad Tactics Podcast. Here provide life optimizing tips and systems for digital nomads. I'm your host, B, and I'm joined by the co-host, Mr. Jack. Today, we're going to talk about some tips for when you are doing a road trip, especially the longer and more challenging ones. I will start with a quick summary of the episode. First, me and Jack are going to talk about exactly which type of problem we are trying to tackle in this episode. Then, we're going to try to place the topic within our broader digital nomad life system. Finally, we're going to talk about the different tips for you to use when you're doing a road trip. I hope you enjoy the episode. So, hello, Mr. B. Hello, Jack. So, the topic of today is road tripping. Mm-hmm. And I think we're qualified to talk about it because a couple of years ago, we were doing a really big road trip. That's right. It was about two months. And we went from London in the UK to Mongolia, passing through the Middle East. So, yeah, it was really challenging. <laughs> but I think we learned a lot. So, we're here to share some of this stuff. Yeah, and we also think the some of the digital nomads are into this type of adventurous traveling. Mm-hmm. So, especially the ones that live like in Southeast Asia, I guess, or Central America, countries over there are all developing countries. The tips we're gonna give today gonna make sense because I mean the type of road trips we are talking about here are the more challenging and long ones. I mean, if you're going to a weekend getaway, perhaps a lot of the advice here won't really apply. And another thing is, this is not a extensive list. What I mean is, we're gonna do more episodes on this in the future, hopefully. Mm-hmm. On like, say, how do you work on the road and how do you plan for a road trip? So we selected a few of the aspects related to road trip to cover on this episode, but future ones, we might add extra things. And of course, uh, it all depends on the feedback of you guys, Mm -hmm. whether you guys like this type of episode or not. So as usual, we should put this topic into our digital live system. And for you guys, if you don't know what the system is about, it is a six-step system that aims to help normal people i.e. people who are working 9 to 5 and location-dependent jobs into a fully optimized digital nomad life. So, as you said, it's a six-step system. And I think the topic today would very clearly fit the fifth step, which is called nomadic living. So, nomadic living is the broadest of all steps, and it involves all the relevant advice we can give to digital nomads when they are living in a certain base. Of course, this whole step is very much context sensitive. So depending on the base, i.e. the the city in which you're living for a while, some things might be relevant, other things won't be relevant. So you're not going to do a road trip on every single base you go to. So now let's move to the main part of the episode, uh, which we divide into four categories. The first one will be renting. The second one is car. The third one is driving. 
and the last one is averse situation. Mm-hmm. So we talk about renting because we think most of you guys are going to be renting a car doing a trip. So, I mean, some of you might buy a car. That's what we did for our long road trip. But I think it's a, a fair assumption that the majority of digital nomads will be renting a car. I mean, we, we bought a car because we are going to cross border and renting a car yeah, is would be almost impossible. Yeah, it would be way harder. Say. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, let's start. Yeah, so the first item here is you have to consider the gas consumption in a road trip. I mean, might sound a little bit like common sense for some of you, but on my first road trips, that's something I didn't really account. And depending on the car, your costs going to go way up. So just something for you to, to think about when you're renting the car. So you can ask the estimation for what is the car consumption. Yeah, I guess if you want to budget the whole road trip beforehand, gas consumption is obviously a big one. So the second idea here is make sure there is no kilometers limit for your car. So once again, when you're renting a car, some of the agencies, they set a kilometer limit. And if you, you know, exceed that, you're going to pay a lot of money. So if you're doing a road trip and you want to be spontaneous with it and go to small places along the way, I would highly recommend you to look for a rental agency that do not set the kilometer limit. So the third item here is you can rent the car from a small company for a cheaper price. So yeah, I mean, if you're renting a car for a road trip, Maybe your first thought would be to go to the big names in the renting industry. But I found if you look for the smaller local companies, in general, you're going to get way better prices. Of course, the availability and the assistance you might get going to be more limited because they're a small company. But I find that the cheaper prices really compensate. So the fourth item is here is sometimes you don't need to buy insurance from the company because when you pay with your credit card, you will automatically have the insurance. I would recommend before you do that to check with the credit card that you have. But in general, I find that if you're using a credit card, they provide some sort of renting insurance. In a similar fashion, if you're like buying a ticket, airplane ticket with your credit card, you have some sort of insurance. So you could save some money there. Yeah, it depends on your credit card company. So the fifth item here is for your security reason mm-hmm. is when you're renting the car, make sure to make a video of all the faulty parts. So what I do usually is, let's say I went to the renting agency and I'm about to get the car. I take out my phone and I go around the car recording a video. I like to do it in front of the person that is, you know, assisting me because then the person knows, oh, this guy is recording the thing so I can't really scam him later on. And make sure to, you know, look bit by bit in the car to see if there is any scratches or if there is any bumps and, you know, put that on the video. Therefore, when you're returning the car, the person can't say that that was your fault. Yeah. Just for the security reason, this is well worth it at the time. Mm-hmm. So the sixth item here is make sure the AC is working and the media system is suitable for you. 
So two things that you need to make sure when you're renting the car, because you don't want to have any problem with, is the AC, as you said. AC is essential. And the media system, another thing that already happened to me a couple of times when I rent a car and I find out that either it doesn't have Bluetooth and I cannot connect my phone remotely or I cannot connect my phone at all. This is a, a bigger issue with slightly older cars, but still it, it makes sense for you to check then and there when you're renting the car. And I mean, for these older cars that don't have Bluetooth, usually you can go around that by having a jack cable, which basically is a cable that allow you to plug your phone into the car directly. So last item here is, do not forget to give back the car with the same amount of gas to avoid paying extra. Here, basically, there is this uh, general rule among renting agencies that you need to give back the car with the same amount of gas or more. Otherwise, if you just give the car back and there is less gas, they're going to charge you extra for the gas. And usually the price of the gas provided by them is much more expensive than the one you can get in the streets. So the next category here is the car. Obviously, the first item is you have to know the basic about the car mechanics. So this is a general point, and it proved to be very valuable throughout our road trip. Me and Mr. Jack, we didn't know very much about car mechanics. I mean, sure, I knew how to change a tire and stuff like that. But for slightly more complex problems, we didn't have a clue. But if you're doing a road trip and you're going through like challenging places, it's really important for you to at least understand the basics. So we highly recommend you to either ask someone that really understands mechanics to teach you the basics or do a, a course. Yeah, of course, knowing how to change tires or change the oil is mm -hmm. extremely essential if you're on a longer road trip. So the next item here we got is you have to know the specs about the car. Mm -hmm. I'd say the tire pressure, the fluid mm -hmm. type, uh, the gasoline type, or the oil type. Yeah. So again, this is kind of related to the first point, but each car have some specific details that you got to know. And it's really important for you to, you know, figure out in the car manual or ask the person when you're renting. You know, I mean, sometimes in the car manual, it's a little bit hard to find out all these details. So the next item here is have a cell phone mount and charging station. Yeah, so I mean, these are crucial items for you to have in the car with you, perhaps the most crucial ones that you can't forget. The cell phone mount is, of course, to, you know, put your phone and to use a GPS. And the charging station is to charge your phone, uh, especially when you're using the GPS because it consumes a lot of battery. Yeah, of course. So the next category we have here is driving. Mm -hmm. And the first item here is you have to check if your country's driving license is accepted in the country you are driving in. Yeah, that's right. And I think that's the kind of thing not many people are aware of. So many people do know that they need to issue what is called an international driving license. So you're going to get your local driving license. You're going to go to the relevant institution in your country and issue an international driving license. But apart from that, you're going to check which type of international driving license your country provides. Because there are basically 
two types of international driving license based on different agreements that were set about international driving. So you got to check if the international driving license provided in your country is compatible with driving in the country in which you plan to drive. Yeah, the this type of international driving is kind of complicated. The information sometimes is kind of hard to obtain. Yeah, actually. sometimes obsolete or it's not updated. Yeah. But yeah, have a search on Google and luckily you can get this information. Yeah, hopefully your country tells you about yeah. that. So the next item here is you got to know the speed limits and unique driving laws of the country. And what do we mean here is like have a rough idea about the general speed limits in each type of road in the country. So, of course, there might be indications in the road, but sometimes there are no indications and you got to go by the rule of thumb that you have researched previously. So you got to know for a highway, what's your speed limit in that country? For a road on the city, what's the general speed limit, stuff like that, as well as unique driving laws. So there is kind of a standard adopted worldwide for signs on the roads and stuff like that. But still, there are some unique driving laws that are either customs that are informal or actual laws, especially to do with intersections and stuff like that. So it's only going to take you five minutes to do a quick Google search uh, and search about the driving laws. Yeah, that can always cost you some tickets if you don't obey these yeah, kind of rules. No doubt. So the next item here is you have to consider the toll costs on the road trip. Yeah, so similar to when you're renting, you want to consider the fuel consumption of the car in which you're going to rent. You also need to take into account the cost of tolls. And... You know, depending on the country, this could add up to be a substantial amount of money. So in Japan, for instance, I did a road trip once. And if you were to get the highway tolls, sometimes you would pay up to $80. That's a lot of money to be $80? Paying. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, yeah. So consider that. So the next item here is have coughing pills and sunglasses. True. So two extra things that I would highly recommend to have for when you're driving are caffeine pills. Of course, you could substitute that for energy drinks. But, you know, caffeine pills are way more handy to carry with you. And you just pop one of those whenever you're feeling really tired. Because, of course, attention is really important when you're driving. As well as sunglasses. It's kind of hard to look at things when the sun is setting. Yeah. I mean, coughing pills does help us drive through a lot of tired days. Yeah. So the last item here is um, we do recommend you to get some map apps. Mm -hmm. And uh, the two one we recommend is maps.me and mm -hmm. iOverlander. Yeah. So the standard map app that most people have on their phones is Google Maps. And don't get me wrong, Google Maps work really well, especially if you are in more developed nations. But it's always good to have these two additional Maps apps that uh, Mr. Jack just mentioned. So Maps.me, it's an offline map. So if for one reason or another you are going through a remote location, 
and you can get signal if you have this offline map. It's really useful. You just need to make sure to download the map data beforehand. And in the case of iOverlander, it's a map that uh, the public can add information into it. So it's really useful for you to find things like mechanics, gas stations, stuff like that. So it's kind of a support app that is useful for you to have in your phone. Yeah. Uh, I remember I of Lamber saved us a couple yeah, of times. Help us find an actual good mechanics. Yeah. In yeah. like Uzbekistan. Yeah, because sometimes just using Google Maps to find certain types of services, it's kind of hard. Yeah. So going on to the next and the final category, which is adverse situation. So if you're driving in the sometimes underdeveloped country, can face some hairy situation. And here we try to give you some tips how you can survive or get away with it. So the first item here is uh, when you are caught speeding, remember to flip the script. So, okay, what do we mean by flipping the script? This is a technique actually I used a couple of times throughout our road trip and it actually worked. So let's say you're speeding or you did anything wrong and the police saw you and they come talk to you. What are you going to do? Something I did that a friend of mine actually showed to me once is the following. So the police car comes and you're going to, instead of being defensive and say, oh, I didn't know the rule or, oh, there was no sign, so it's not my fault. Instead of being defensive in this way, you're going to do the opposite, which is you're not going to deny. You're going to say to the police guard, I'm so sorry. It's totally my fault. You are absolutely right. I, you know, endangering people by driving this way. You're doing a great job. Please forgive me. And, you know, I totally think I deserve a fine here. And by doing that, you are, you know, as uh, Mr. Jack said, flipping the script, you are acknowledging you are wrong. And sometimes the police guard gonna be more sympathetic towards you because you didn't enter in a conflict with him and he's gonna let you go. Yeah. Uh, I saw, we did that in I Romania. Saw you did that, yeah, yeah. yeah. in the road trip. It was <laughs> yeah. quite funny. Yeah. So the next item here is have more than one copy of the driving license and passport to give policemen in some country. Yeah, so I mean, the idea here is that your driving license and your passport are really important documents. You can't really lose those. Some countries are known to be kind of more corrupted and you should not risk giving your original driving license or passport to the policeman because otherwise he might keep it or ask for a bribe to return or stuff like that. This happened to a couple of friends of ours and they gave us this tip. So you can say, oh, my passport and my driving license are in the embassy. And so I have the copy here. Sometimes they're fine with it. Otherwise, if they are not okay, if they keep insisting, perhaps you're gonna need to give the original in order to avoid greater trouble, but start with the copy and see how things go. So the next item is when you're traveling through a remote location, or if you know there aren't many gas stations along the way, make sure to have one or two extra fuel cans with you. 
Yeah, that's totally true. So as Mr. Jack said, if you're passing through a remote location where you are unlikely to find many gas stations, just have some extra fuel cans. These are made out of plastic or metal, and they just provide you some extra insurance in case you run out of gas. Yeah, so the next item here is have silver tape. So you should definitely bring some silver tape with you because whenever the car has a problem, usually silver tape is something you can use for a temporary fix. So if there is a part falling apart or you just need to bind something together, silver tape does the job and then you can go to a mechanic and have the proper fix. Yeah, I mean, the tape saves us a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So the next item here is get emergency contact let's say the insurance or the ambulance and the police officers. Yeah. So every country, of course, have different dial numbers to get the police and the ambulance and the insurance going to depend again on which insurance you get. But it's always good to have all those numbers handy. And there is an app on App Store called Emergency Contacts and it provides country by country all the emergency numbers. Oh, Mr. B, um, since we're talking about a very situation, remember the guy, John, from Turkey? I yeah. think he told us something about cigarettes. Oh, yeah, that's that's a weird thing he used to do. So, <laughs> yeah, this guy we met in Turkey, he told us he always goes around with many packs of cigarettes and whenever he's like uh, having a tough time with someone throughout a, a road trip in especially corrupted countries he handles cigarette packages and he says he gets away of a lot of trouble by doing that we are not recommending for people to do that but the guy said it works so why not mention i see so i think this is the end of the episode mr b do you want to add anything to this I just would like to reiterate that we're surely going to do new episodes on this topic of road trips and talk about slightly different aspects of it, such as planning and working on the road, as you said in the beginning. So thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode. And please make sure to leave a review on your listening platform. We are a new podcast, and every review helps. I'm Jack, and thank you for listening. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.